You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. James Reams has been leading his bluegrass band, The Barnstormers, for nearly three decades. He's often been called an ambassador of bluegrass music. Recently, a documentary was completed about his life in bluegrass music. And James is my guest on this edition of Americana Music Profiles. Hi, James. Welcome to the podcast today. Thanks for joining me. It's great. It's good to hear your, your voice again, and, and it's always nice to see you. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's good to connect again. We've we've been able to cross paths off and on for, for years, uh, at least the last eight or ten maybe. I've uh, gotten together on a couple different stories, and uh, so, yeah, I'm glad we get to do this again. This is fun. Absolutely. Uh, so we, we were chatting a minute ago, and, and you are in um, – uh, Arizona, Phoenix, is that right? Arizona. Yeah, I'm yeah. In, in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right and uh, yes. I, I remember the last time we talked, um, you uh, you kind of have two bands, uh, one on the East Coast and one on the West Coast, stationary, and you travel back and forth uh, to the, to the gigs. Uh, remind me again how that how that uh, I find that so unique how that works for you. Well, what happened was, you know, I was I was basically stationed out on the East Coast, and I was playing all over the eastern seaboard. And then, um, it may sound weird, but family first, as they say, and my, my mother got ill, and I came out west to her, and, you know, I got to stick with a number of guys out here, and I thought to myself, I always, you know, I, I've worked with Walter Hensley for a number of years, and I, I always was fascinated by the story of Earl Taylor, how Earl Taylor would do sort of the same thing. Uh-huh. He would be in Baltimore, and he'd have a crew in Baltimore, and then he'd go out on the West Coast to get an apartment and live for a while and play with those guys for a while. So I started playing with a great bunch of players out on the West Coast and absolutely new territory. You know, California is huge with uh, bluegrass and, right. and all that sort of stuff. And so I got to play a number of shows out here, and, you know, uh, promoters are notorious for uh, wanting to pay uh, the right price. I'm not going to say anything else about that, but they, they like to pay, pay the right price. Sure. You know? So <laughs> it seems it's it work for me, and uh, it opened up my territory. And yeah, and I actually just I did an album um, just a few years ago, and I used both sides. And then lots of times, Greg, it's strange. Somebody won't be able to do a show. You know, they'll be sick or something, right. and then I'll fly. I'll fly a guy come the other band who has the material. And now I'm even of the mind to get more people involved because, you know, there's other territories that I would love to yeah. play and perform at. And so, yeah. you know, I, uh, I'm very lucky to be a fan leader, you know, right. you know, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I always think, you know, right now, I guess there, I was reading about Doyle loss and, you know, with the COVID-19, a lot of bands have, been decimated, you know, yeah. and and uh, and so yeah, I've always been uh, lucky to be able to uh, keep people on board and find other people and and keep it going. Yeah, this yeah. will be close to thirty years. Wow, of, uh, wow, barnstorm. That's yeah, awesome. barnstorm. Yeah, and and yeah. you started that uh, in '93, right? The band. 
Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. What What yeah. were you doing? Was that your first endeavor into professional music? What were you doing leading up to the forming of the Barnstorm? No. Barnstormers. Well, it's so funny that you asked. I'm glad you asked, actually. You know, my, my dad, I'm from Eastern Kentucky, and my dad was in an old-time string band. And so I played music all my life. You know, I, I just enjoyed it. And I played with a lot of different people and a lot of different uh, things and, and, and stuff like that. And, and um, all of a sudden, I, I always wanted to play with uh, uh, somebody like Tom Paley, who may, many people may not know him, but he's sort of a cult figure in old-time mm-hmm. music. He was one of the original He Lost City Rambers. He worked with Woody Guthrie. Okay. And I met him at a fiddle festival, and I was playing with a, a, a great fiddler by the name of Bill Christopherson. And so we formed a little trio and uh, went into the recording studio and uh, we uh, recorded an album and got on, you know, Copper Creek Records. And uh, and, and then I, I recorded some other albums. And the interesting thing about that, once you record records and you're on a label, of course, those days are almost gone with record labels. Right, sure. All, all, that, I know. all that sort of stuff. I know, it's a crazy time, but... Um, they would send it out to radio stations. And so that first record that, that uh, I had, uh, uh, it was called Kentucky Songbird. It, was out, uh, it came out in 1993. I, I, I recorded it sort of late in life. I had, uh, it, it wound in the hands of Carl Story. And Carl okay. Story, you know, was uh-huh. the father of bluegrass gospel music. And there was a song on there that he really liked. So he, he called me up. And uh, he was working for a um, uh, radio station out in South Carolina, and so he played my music on the radio. He was the, he was one of the very first, besides Gary Reed, who was um, you know uh, the guy who um, had Copper Creek Records, and who's still very active. Um, Charles Story was one of the first people that really encouraged me to play and uh, featured the music. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking about this the other day because, I, I, you know, I, I saved the number of correspondents that he did with me. You know, he's in the Bluegrass Hall of Fame. Right. And 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 I, I was looking at the date of the last record he's, I mean, the thing, he worked for uh, Country 92, WESC, in Greenville, South Carolina. Oh. <laughs> and cool. uh, I, think, I think the last letter he sent me was about a, year before he passed away. So, you know, uh, I, yeah, so my whole life has been sort of um, been littered, for lack of a better term, with these bluegrass greats, you know, that I've been able to, and, and old-time music greats that I've been able to collaborate with or, you know, and, you know, I think the last time we spoke, uh, I even, I had a, a film project where I interviewed many of the very first generation bluegrass players you know John right. Graves and yeah yeah, Melvin yeah. yeah I want because yeah. I know we want to we want to get to what you've got coming out which is an another really cool film project but I, I wanted to ask you about that again because I feel like um, it's something that if if the listeners have not heard or seen it would be a really uh, um, a really worthwhile film to go back and take a look at and that's um yeah uh, make, you know, uh I, I, history with the pioneers of bluegrass or something like that you called it yeah making history with the pioneers of bluegrass you got it yeah. you know that's so strange because you know when i when i did that i started that film i never realized that it would be 
so important. I mean, I, I loved, uh, you know, that first generation, but I didn't realize that, you know, what a, what a privilege it was for me to go backstage or on the bus sometimes, or sometimes in the rest home or sometimes next to sick bed and interview the people that made a genre of music, which is just rare. You know? just, yeah. A, right. Right. It's a rare, a rarity, you know? And so that film, um, I don't know if I mentioned last time, you know, I did it as a sort of a fan initially and I had friends who were filmmakers, but it was such a struggle for me. Like, I, I, I didn't really understand filmmaking. I didn't, you know, it was completely new to me, uh -huh. but you know, if anyone is listening to this, I would say sometimes follow your passion. You know, it's a amazing what serendipity will do for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, not not to change the, the subject, but I just read a story about a guy who, when he was a kid, he found this pamphlet about the most intelligent horse in the world, and he kept a full of the pamphlet. And later on, he wrote a book, and he, they were coming out with a movie, you know, about the most intelligent horse. So me grasping onto uh, the idea that I could interview and meet uh, many of the heroes of music and many of my personal heroes uh -huh. was just amazing i got to you know play with a few of them yeah and uh and yeah leave a legacy of making history with pioneer food bass and uh yeah and then of course on that film is walter hensley which is another bit of serendipity for me sure because many people may not have heard of walter but i hope that more people have heard of him now he was sort of you know he's a cult figure in the Baltimore bluegrass scene and you know, was considered by many one of the greatest banjo players to ever be. I mean, uh, in the same car or van as Earl, as, uh, Earl Scruggs or, or uh, J.D. Crow or anyone else uh, had his own style. And yeah, I met him on a, on a bus in uh, New Hampshire and uh, recorded two albums with Walter and did some festivals with him, and, yeah. and I think that uh, recently, I don't know if you've seen it also, there's been a new appreciation for Walter, you know, by people who come out now, you know, like uh, Pete Wernick and... Right, said, okay. Uh -huh. he, he, yeah, it was a big influence to me, and he was actually, this is the wildest thing, he was Jerry Garcia's first influence, because Alan Lomax was... Uh, you know, uh, wanted to have Bill Monroe at uh, Carnegie Hall, and but Bill Monroe had heard that Alan Lomax was a communist, and so <laughs> and didn't and didn't want to work with the great Alan Lomax. Wow. And Alan Lomax, you know, was hard pressed to find a bluegrass band. And so Mike, he was friends with Mike Seeger. Mike Seeger says, "Well, you know, down in Baltimore, there's this band called Earl Taylor and the Stony Mountain Boys." So, yeah. <laughs> Walter, uh, Walter, Walter was in that band, and they came up to Carnegie Hall and recorded an album on United Artists that actually Jerry Garcia and a lot of people who started out playing banjo heard. So Walter wow. was so many people's first influence. So that's serendipity for you right there. That's sure. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So that that was 2013, and of course we, we're just, you know, about seven years away, and I, I think you've recorded at least one album since that video project. Is that right? Is there? Yeah, well, I, uh, maybe, maybe more than one, yeah, but I, I did record 
uh, Ryman's Season, with, uh, which is a concept album. Okay. And that album, yeah, has uh, you know original songs on it, and it's a, it's about you know the pilgrim in life. I'm actually, um, you know, with everything that's going on right now, somebody just turned over a number of a whole uh, shoebox full of live recordings of the Barnstormers, and so I guess this year or soon, uh, I, I I mean you're the first to hear about this. I'm gonna you know, release some live recordings because that seems like a smart thing to do. And mm, and then, cool. um, okay. yeah, and then I have um, the hope I'm already making some arrangements for a new recording because this may sound strange to you, but I came into this music because of Hank Williams in a weird way. I mean, okay. you know, Hank Williams, Hank yeah. Williams was always someone who was special to me, you know, and and uh, so there are there were notebooks. I don't know if you know this. There were notebooks that were left in a leather brief, briefcase in the back of his car when he passed away on right. his disease, and and people put music to it. And yeah, I'm, I hope to do a I hope to do bluegrass. Like well, Larry Sparks did the same thing one time. But I, I want to do less 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 known or songs that. Maybe never actually saw the light of day by Hank Graham. Okay, but cool. written, written by him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Somebody just just recently they took Woody Guthrie's lyrics, right? Name. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So the 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 new thing that you've got going on, uh, which kind of prompted what we're doing today, is a uh, uh, I guess you documentary uh, of your yeah. life and music it's called a uh, uh, like a flowing river a bluegrass passage tell me tell me how that yeah. came to be well you know again serendipity you know i i was invited after i made making history with pioneers of bluegrass i i, I got invited into the film world to a certain degree because i get invited to uh, film screenings and uh-huh. and, I, and i met a number of different filmmakers and, um, you know, and, and then, you know, sometimes people find out, you know, about my life and it's no different than anybody else in this world. I mean, we all have hardships and, and, and strange things that happen, but, you know, well, everybody has I a have, story to tell. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer of that. So, yeah, everybody does. And you know, what's interesting at first, whenever they approached me about making a film, I thought, well, you know. Uh, nobody knows who the heck James Reams is, but that's actually part of the story. Right, you know, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> like a uh, like a guy like me can make you know music close to thirty years and survive at it, and you know ten albums and a film with pioneers and the whole thing. <laughs> you know, it's, so the film is hopefully inspirational for people who you know may be passionate about something, but may not have all the breaks or uh-huh. be, you know, situated Grand Ole Opry or, or uh, you know, Nashville or, or, or a lucky break. Of course, I've had lucky breaks in, 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 uh, all my life. I mean, I can't, uh, I've just been, you know, meeting Tom Paley and recording with him and being on a record label and meeting Walter Hintley and recording with him and meeting, you know, most of the first generation bluegrass musicians and being friends with them and playing with them and, re- and, and all this was, a, yeah, I mean, I can't say that I haven't been unlucky, but, you know, I may not be 
outside of bluegrass, I may not be a household word, but I think that's part of the story of bluegrass. It's sort of what I love about bluegrass. You know, when I was growing up, uh, I would see the back of a Starday record, and there would be like a Landon Messier, small little photograph of an album, or Lowell Barney, or a, or a Sid Campbell, you know, or some, you know, person that i have never heard of, and I was sort right. of like fascinated, and and I and I went and I would find out about them, you know, and so that's that's sort of my story in a weird way, right? Uh, yeah, the you know the uh, the the you know like a high low brown or whatever, you know, sure. it doesn't yeah. really matter who it is, yeah, it's like all part of the community of bluegrass, uh, and yeah. And well, I guess the the genre lends itself to uh, those stories because it's, uh, I, I guess, the, because of the festivals and the small little venues and the, you know, the fact that you could, you know, in, in you know, in, in a good time, uh, obviously, where we're at now makes yeah. it kind of difficult, but you can, you know, you can gather three or four guys and gals together and, and, and run around across the country and, and sustain yourself if, if you're, if you've got some talent and you, you know, you can market yourself, you can actually make a living doing it. And I don't think there's any other genre that you can do that in and and be able to survive 30 years uh, doing that type of profession. That's right. I mean, you you know, there maybe gospel music, you know, perhaps, uh, sure, yeah, 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 but but yeah, but you're right. They're not not rock and roll or not any of the major major you know musical types, but. Yeah, the marginal music types, you know, like a like a Zydeco or or bluegrass or a gospel. Yeah, somebody like a Clifton Chenier or or even his son or or you know um, you know or some gospel group uh, like uh, the Blind Boys of Alabama, you know, can maintain you know a long career. Yeah, and what a what yeah, and what a and what a what an amazing thing because people you know love the music and they love the people that make the music and so yeah so i've been blessed you know yeah. I, i've been yeah so yeah, yeah i've been very lucky that's awesome the um what, what's it like to sit back and and see your life documented in a 90 minute or whatever link that you know just yeah. encapsulated yeah. in yeah. this and and know that you're not done right you know it's like i'm sure that there's well, right, I, you know there's well, many things yeah. you want to do yet beyond the 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 scope of the the, the the time frame of the film. Well, you know what, Greg? When you know when it came out, and I saw that it was an inspirational film. Then you know it got picked up by a, a major distributor, MVD Distribution, which uh, will probably it'll be on Amazon Prime and it'll be you know downloadable and around forever. Yeah. Uh, of course, you can only think to yourself like, "Wow!" Yeah. Uh, talk about lucky talk about lucky breaks. I mean, you know, and 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 I I don't mean to political or anything like that, but, you know, uh, this is this is actually what I thought, which probably is a little, not egotistical, but just sort of comforting, because, you know, other times you don't have anything else besides music going for you, but I was thinking about, you know, like a president, you know, finally goes, gets out of office and he has like a presidential library and has his memories and everything right. there, and I thought to myself, like, what, are, what an amazing thing to have a film that's going to last right to tell your story your yeah. story and so yeah i mean 
you know, it's just it's going to mean that the records that I made and the things I did will have a longer life than me. And yeah, and wow, yeah, that's, that's cool. I can only um, be excited about that. Yeah. yeah. So it it so when, uh, the uh, the release date is um, August, right? August, yeah, August seventh. Yeah, there. That's going to be the drop date. You know, we actually had screenings planned and. We had a lot of different things, but, you know, now all, even, I was talking to filmmakers, even cans is not having screenings or anything like that. You know, I, I had posters and we had plans for having screenings and people and bands and, you know, what you do and excitement and food and the whole thing. But, you know, we, we had a little preview a little while ago because a lot of people were involved with this. I mean, people like Rounder Records contributed money, and a lot of uh, just grassroots people contributed money to have this come about. But yeah, so uh, uh, right now uh, we, uh, you know, we just plan on having what they call the street date, the drop, and uh, yeah, it's being pre-sold on Amazon currently. Okay, you know, good. Uh, and yeah, and. Uh, and and we'll have to see what happens. We're 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 gonna we're gonna talk about it now for the next you know three or four months to create interest because you know that's what they want you to do. Sure. Whenever you're yeah. with a distributor and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so well, yeah, I guess. But you know the strange thing about this, and I'm sure the same with you. I mean, I used to be throwing my clothes in a suitcase and flying across the country or you know or being in the car or renting a this or that or whatever and, and uh you know currently those dates are uh now limited right but yeah. you know i think that uh you know it's it's a lesson for all of us right that we we can't take things for granted sure. otherwise they will be taken away sure. from us right and, and 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 then we have to learn how to pivot you know we right. I'm, I'm actually creating a podcast where I'm going to have some of the interviews that I didn't air and some of the interviews that I did air from the Pioneers of Bluegrass. Oh, good. And, okay. And then, yeah. And then, and then you know, of course, play music. And I have bookings for 2021, but I don't know what, I guess nobody knows what they expect, right? We're, yeah, we're, uh, I know. We're, it's just, everything is so uncertain, so it makes it uh uh, unnerving to a certain degree because you, uh, yeah, politics aside, you, 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 everybody has an idea of how things should be able to go, but the bottom line is none of us are going right now. We're all kind of, right. we're all kind of parked and just sort of waiting on, on, I, I don't know what, waiting on society to catch up with, with the rest of us or something. I, it's, it's, it's hard. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've lost IBMA, we lost AMA, you know, Folk Alliance, all of those events where, where artists get together and kind of plan their future has, has all been put on hold. And, uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's, and, and then, you know, it trickles down to the level of the fan, you know, everybody is just itching to get to some live music and it's just not happening right now. Yeah. And, and now I know that, uh, people are worried that 80% of the small venues won't reopen. Sure. And, and so, yeah, yeah, so we're, we're, yeah, we're in a, but you know, we, we, we have to, we have to, uh, this is a time for reflection, you know, and it's a time... What's interesting is creativity is never under quarantine, so 
Right. Look That's at, a good way to look at, at it. We're, we're, yeah. Yeah. Look, at, we're having the discussion right now. Sure. Yeah. And we're making music. And, yeah. you know, my feeling is that, you know, we have to continue to create community and we have to continue to reach out. And, you know, there will be nothing that replaces, you know, live performances. I mean, the greatest, some of the greatest memories of my life were, you know, either witnessing or being part of a live performance. Right. But Me too. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, but I'm sure that with a vaccine or with hope or with everything, all that will come back too. But before that happens, yeah, we have to, uh, uh, you know, look at a different color for a while. So right, that's, yeah, yeah. That's the exciting thing about life. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, yeah. 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 So if people want to, uh, obviously Amazon, if they want to uh, reserve a copy before it comes out, if they want to uh, find some of your other music, reach out to you in some way, what's the best way to get in touch? Well, thanks. Yeah, it's um, I have a I have a, a web presence www.jamesreams.com www.jamesreams.com and I have a newsletter and I, I you know I actually I I, I have articles uh, you know about COVID and I have articles about you know uh, for for young young people you know to, to, how to engage audience and yeah, yeah I'm, I, I'm pretty active with. Uh, website and uh yeah i would uh, hope people would go maybe sign up for the newsletter we won't bombard you too much let's like to give out positive information and uh, and that's how we have to create the community right now this is one of the only ways we have besides social media yeah. and uh and everything so yeah okay. and then of course yeah then uh yeah i have a presence on you know twitter and facebook and and uh, instagram i had forgotten about a lot of those things uh, I shouldn't tell the story because it'll probably make people upset with me or lose part of the fan base. But at, at one point, you know, I became sort of vocal about uh, certain things, and you know, I, I wasn't allowed to be on Facebook for a little while. And I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. That's just you know, make music and, and enjoy music and so right. yeah. But I'm back back on all the yeah, good sites. yeah. Yeah, good. Well, I I uh, certainly have enjoyed uh, reconnecting, and uh, I, I I read somewhere where y- either you've been called or you call yourself a, a um, uh, an ambassador of bluegrass, and so I'm I, I'm glad that you do that, and I'm I'm glad that you have um, have preserved the things that you've preserved, and uh, excited about the film for you, and I think it's well deserved, and uh, we wish you the best well, with it. Well, thanks, Luck. I've been calling I've been called more things than. <laughs> well, that's a good legacy to leave behind. So, <laughs> probably the rest of it doesn't matter anyway. That's right. Yeah, good. Yeah, thanks, James. Really appreciate talking to you. Yeah, Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at americanarhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.